Hi, this is Paul Carswell, Medicare Insurance Agent at Medicare Portal, and you're tuned in to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. Also, don't buy new. You can get away with buying an old graphics card as well as it's been relatively lightly used. It's not like dead upon arrival, but you don't have to buy stuff new. And it's much easier to build stuff off the secondary market than going ahead and buying something new. If you're buying it used, you're going to get a much better deal. This is Dream Chasers, episode 107 with Salvatore Flight. Hey guys. Hi, Grandma. This is Adam Carswell, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we bring next level talent to the light. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I'm joined by Salvatore Flight. Sal is a real estate investment analyst. He was born and raised in Riverside, Illinois, which is a nice suburb of Chicago. Went to Providence College, where he also was a Division I cross-country and track athlete. And now he lives in Boston, Massachusetts. Sal, thank you for coming on the show. I should say a second time now. Do you have any opening remarks for my listeners? Yeah, thanks, Adam. Um, basically just kind of like the last time I was on, it was a lot of fun. I think I was like, what, one of your like top, like first 10 interviews that you released on the podcast. And, you know, it's been amazing to watch this, the platform grow. And so you bring in all kinds of really crazy and awesome individuals. Um, and it's just, I'm really happy that I've gotten invited back for a second time somehow. So, uh, <laughs> hopefully this goes just as well as the first one did. Yeah. Happy to have you back on. And I'll have to put a link in the show notes to your first interview because, I'm sure it'd be interesting for both of us to just look back and see where we were at at that time, where the show was at at the time. Um, I think you're right too. It was probably like somewhere between episodes like five and 15. But uh, the other cool thing about Sal and I's relationship for everyone listening is his father is my boss. And not to say that I networked my way into the Concordia Realty family through podcasting, but I'm sure my interview with Sal back in, uh, in 2018 helped get us all connected on, on another level. So, I mean, I don't know, is there a, I don't know if there's a whole lot for you to comment on that, but I would like to hear your thoughts on really how I would say your family has made me feel like I'm a flight now. Well, just kind of like from the get go, when we first met you and like, obviously we met Hunter and you guys at the same time. And it was just, you know, right off the bat, we hit it off. We started talking. Um, you invited me on the cast and then, you know, like you said, like all about next level, like you reached out to my dad, and I was still working for him at the time. And, you know, and after that, you guys really started working a lot closer together. And me and you did got to do a lot of fun projects together. And then, you know, obviously, like, you're kind of really, really involved with Concordia and um, kind of with my dad and doing a lot of the, the crazy stuff that you guys get to do now. And, like, you know, it's been fun to watch, like, that relationship grow because now I get thrown into text group chats randomly <laughs> where things, you know, the random music gets sent and uh, just some wild comments or memes get thrown out. And it's just, it's really confusing because sometimes I'm not exact. I'm, I'm one step back now because <laughs> I'm not completely there all the time. So I don't understand the joke sometimes, but it, you know, it takes a while to get there. But it is really funny just to be able to, like, I have people around uh, in your life who, are you know genuine and you get to really have discussions with them all the time and you get to see both like them grow up and you grow up at the same time and rise to do different things and really do enjoy the work that they do yeah and i have to say for anyone listening now as well if you want to get a feel for who sal's dad is michael flight also as i mentioned my business partner boss however you want to say it <laughs> he interviewed me 
on episode 100 of Dream Chasers. And that was a really fun interview. So I'm going to point everyone to check that one out as well. If you're looking to learn some new things and have a good laugh at the same time. But now we're going we're gonna to shift gears here and get ready for today's topic of discussion, which it's kind of funny. We've talked about real estate and the topic of today's discussion for the most part doesn't have a whole lot to do with real estate, I guess, as far as acquiring the area in which you might want to build one of these things, you might need to know some things about real estate. So the topic of today's discussion is how to build a crypto mining rig. Sal, are you ready to step into the next level chamber? I am. As we just said, today's topic is how to build a crypto mining rig. So I know this is a vague question, but to just get us started, if someone asked you this, so how do you build a crypto mining rig? How would you first tackle answering this question? Well, first, I would probably point out that I'm not a certified professional. Uh, I'm not like a computer science technician. Uh, I've never done any kind of like, you know, I've never got a degree in like electronics tech stuff. Um, I was an economics major with a love of philosophy and history. So the whole tech thing was kind of just a, another love of mine where I kind of fell into it and really started enjoying it. And obviously, like when I first moved out of the house and moved to Boston, um, you know, Boston real estate, very expensive. So you're not exactly looking at the biggest of spaces. So kind of like where I'm at right now, it's I don't really have the space to build anything crazy. I'd love to when I you know move in, in the future, I'd love to have a little bit of space to be able to um put together a bunch of little small projects like this and, you know, personal PC stuff. But I've always loved tech stuff. I've always loved being able to gut computers, rework stuff, work with CPUs, work with motherboards, trying to figure out what, you know, PCIe like slots are capable of doing, you know, and just like looking at the latest tech stuff. Uh, that's always been kind of just a love of mine. And, you know, I got really lucky that at a young age, my dad let us, you know, bring home a computer from work, like one of the giant old like Dell desktops from like 2005 when me and my little brother were tiny, <laughs> you know, got to bring it home, put it upstairs, no internet connection, obviously, cause you're like six. Um, and this was the early wild days of the internet. So like, you know, all I can remember is just playing like on like a 12 inch monitor, like me for speed in, you know, in 440, like 440p. And from there, I just kind of really got more and more into like the intricacies of how do you go about, fashioning a PC in a way that you can use it to not only bring in like monthly revenue, um, but the whole idea of cryptocurrencies, blockchain technology, and how that can revolutionize the way we do business in a free market could be really, really handy. And like, that's something I know, like you and my dad have talked about a lot. That's something that I really enjoy. And, uh, you know, I've had far too many books sent to me by my father, on the future of um, cryptocurrency and like how blockchain is going to help us and like how blockchain will help real estate, how kind of shifts the whole idea about how we view peer to peer business. So I, you know, there's a lot of, there's limitless possibilities there. If we kind of take the approach to do it correctly, really the thing that kicked off this entire craze was cryptocurrencies, like with the whole Bitcoin craze of like, you know, two, three years ago where we saw Bitcoin like jumping in price um, and like just steamrolling ahead. Um, that was when, you know, cryptocurrencies really were big. And that's when like Bitcoin mining and like the whole idea of building a mining rig was super big. And people had like hundreds of thousands of like these tiny little mining rigs in their house or, you know, or their garage, um, you know, toiling away just to get um, 
a bunch of, you know, a bunch of money every month or in, in crypto, just like, just as a warning, like you're going to take a lot of power doing this. You're going to need a lot of cooling to do this. Like, and if you want to do it on a large scale, like having two or three rigs, like just think about how, if you have one PC, like, and you have a laptop, like think about how hot your laptop gets just doing minor things. You know, if you were holding the bottom of your laptop at all times, like you would probably end up like, it's going to get exhaust pretty hot and it's going to get really, really, really hot towards the end of a workday. Same goes for a desktop. Like those can get really, really hot if you're putting them to rigorous, you know, standards every day. Now you have a cryptocurrency mining rig, which has four to five, maybe even 16 GPUs, which are what are going to be putting off a lot of that heat um, as well. And your, you know, your laptop might not have uh, GPUs. They only might have integrated graphics, which aren't going to run as hot. They're also not going to do it. They're not going to be able to calculate as much. And that's kind of why you see these really high scale PCs tend to get really heavy, but they have lots of airflow. Um, you see people resorting to like liquid cooling on like a custom PC just for themselves for gaming or editing, video editing. Like if you want to do 4K video editing, you're definitely not going to be using your grandma's hand-me-down PC. <laughs> um, you're going to need something that can really handle a lot of that workload that can handle um, the calculation times and the quickness that you need. Uh, you're going to need a CPU that doesn't bottleneck both the GPU and you're not, you're going to also need a GPU that isn't bottlenecked trying to cut, like control all the stuff you're trying to put through it. So you need to worry about putting together all of these elements in a package that you can work with really well. Some people with their cryptocurrency just do open faced rigs. Some people do closed rigs, but the really big things you're gonna need to worry about is power consumption and temperature, because that's gonna be your two limiting factors. Gotcha. And also budget, because how much money do you wanna spend? Like that's really the big thing. You know, when cryptocurrencies were big, like we saw a market jump in price for GPUs. Uh, luckily now, a few, a few years later, GPU prices have come down a little bit. They're still really high. Um, and then with the release of the uh, NVIDIA, like 300 series, 3000 series later on, potentially this year, we might see decreases in those prices for what would be considered your gold standard of mining GPUs. Yeah. Which I know that was a lot of information to take in. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank you. It's got, I'm sure it's got, I know it's got me thinking about a bunch of things here that I want to ask you and, you know, hopefully uh, I'd say our listeners as well. Before I dive into these questions now that I've, that I've got for you, Sal, I do want to say we are now roughly halfway through our interview. So it's about that time. Guys, here is a quick sample from your next level track of the week, picked out by Sal himself, someone else by Rez and grab it.
And we're back. And so, Sal, the few things you mentioned there. Um, on your, first of all, you got to say thank you for the context because I didn't really talk about how you had uh, a passion for tech. I just kind of was like, he's a, he's a real estate analyst and I left it at that. So thank you for the context there. Um, one thing that you mentioned that I'm sure grabbed some attention, and I think this is ultimately what, what catches my attention about this opportunity as well, is the ability to create, to create passive income if you know what you're doing and if you do it right. Um, you also have to be somewhat knowledgeable, I'd say, in blockchain and cryptocurrency to wrap your mind around how this process works. But you know, to just kind of cut down straight to it for our listeners, what type of investment upfront is it looking like to build two or three rigs, factoring in you know power consumption, as you said? And then also, it would depend on what you're mining, but what's your return looking like based on you know, that initial investment? Obviously, like, let's look at the kind of basic, like the most basic you could get, which is let's take just like a standard um, computer that you could use for multitasking. So that's going to use like maybe let's say, um, and I tend to have a preference towards AMD products. I'm just saying that right now. Uh, Intel tends to dominate a lot of the market. AMD is going to have a higher core count. They're going to be a little less expensive, but then you're also not going to have as many specialized products for them. At the same time, like, you know, a lot of stuff is geared towards Intel, uh, obviously, since they have such a huge space in the market. You know, when you're worried about CPU products, it's going to be between Intel and AMD. When it comes to GPUs, you're stuck between NVIDIA and, and, and AMD. Again, that's a price point thing. So how much do you want to spend on, you could spend 40 bucks on a somewhat okay CPU. Obviously, nowadays, with the competition we are seeing in the CPU market, you're going to be able to buy a reasonably good CPU with four to six cores for under 150 bucks, under 100 bucks, and that won't limit you uh, because you know six cores is quite a bit. I mean, we were deadlocked at four cores, two cores for a long time just due to the way Intel did business. The fact that we have kind of these options now where you can spend, let's say, I wouldn't recommend going out and spending $400 on a 12 core processor like you know a 39x. Uh, yeah, like a, a 39X from 3,900X, but, you know, if you just take out the zeros, it's fine. Um, you're, you're not going to want to spend that kind of money unless you're going to dive deep really into buying GPUs because those are what's going to be the thing that does your calculations. The, the important thing with this is that you want to understand hash rates, which is the amount of calculations that a, a, single thi- a single GPU can do, like perform these repetitive calculations at so many times. Basically, you're going to want to worry about, okay, what's the amount, what, is, what are the hash rates that I, what are the highest amount of hash rates that I can get for a reasonable price? Like, what, what do I want to spend my money on? Because, yeah, you can go out and buy an RTX 2080 Ti, you know, it's great for gaming, but you don't need to spend a thousand, like, you know, $1,150 just to make 19 bucks a month. Like, is that what you're making? Yeah. So, you- like, just for a graphic. Yeah, so it depends. Obviously, if you're doing, and it depends on the cur- currency you're doing. You know, let's let's like, go. You know, let's go. If with you're, and it depends on the algorithm that you're using. Yeah, entry entry level Bitcoin. Okay. You know, just uh, someone who's like, oh, I like this idea. You know, maybe they want to just go to a website that shows them quickly how to set it up, and then, so, you know, somebody knows. All right, if I spend thousand dollars on this, I'm going to start making a hundred dollars a month simply by letting my computer mine Bitcoin. Like, how is that? I'm trying to just get a rough estimate, if that makes sense. Make a thousand dollars a month, you're going to have to make quite an investment in it. 
because obviously the upfront cost is the rig. That's going to be your big upfront cost. And then from there on out, like if you can hopefully power consumption will be limited to like 50 bucks a month and cooling, if you've built that into the rig, we can negate kind of the, the that'll factor into the power consumption. So just having like a cooler temperature room, like having a dark corner, like where it's, you know, it's relatively cool. You're not going to get much heat. You're not going to get much sunlight. Just realize that you are put it, putting, when you build a rig, you're putting a furnace in a room. So you're going to heat up that room regardless, especially if it's, you know, an open concept design, you're going to want to keep the room relatively cool in order to keep the, um, the rig cool. Gold, like Bitcoin, if we're looking at like monthly revenue, it depends on what algorithm you're using. But if you're going to use like an equi hash, you're going to look at like $30 a month. Um, so think about that over the course of how long are you going to be running this for? How much money are you planning on extracting from it? And that's only if you have like one GPU. So the more we build it out, like let's, the gold standard of GPUs for Bitcoin mining is the 1070 and the 1060 or the 1080, which are, those are all NVIDIA GPUs. You can use a 560 or a 570 from AMD with uh, their Radeon series. And, you know, those are going to be a little slower. They're not going to be as fast um, as the uh, RTX products. They're, it's a cost, you know, it's a cost price um, kind of thing because they're going to be a little cheaper. Like uh, a 1070 is still going to run you, I think. Let me see. I believe a 1070 is still going to run you close to 300 bucks, um, 400 bucks nowadays, which kind of crazy, to be honest, um, that this is like almost a, yeah. So if you want a, a dual blade non-blower card, which means it's not going to be just shoving air through in an attempt to cool the product off, but it's an actually efficient, like efficiently cooled 1070 card, you're looking at 450 bucks. If you want a mini card, which again, you're not going to have as great of a experience with that, you know, 350. And then, you know, just because of COVID itself, technology and supply chains are really, really kind of screwed up right now you're going to look at prices are even higher. Just like taking, for example, like the latest product to come out that was wanted by anyone who's, you know, a tech junkie. Um, it was a 14 inch panel AMD run Asus laptop, uh, the G14 as Zephyrus. Those were sold out within five hours of being released to the North American market twice. Wow. You know, and they were delayed a month just because of the way supply chains were in China. And because of that, you know, your graphics card and your CPU processing, your motherboards, all of that's been delayed, you know, with, with, and supply chains have been broken everywhere. So because stuff is so kind of sketchy right now in terms of trying to get as much as you want in, you're going to be looking at paying uh, 600 bucks, 400 bucks, 400 or 600, depending on what you get, like, like a triple fan gigabyte GeForce GTX 1070, which is a pretty good, really good card for video and, and gaming, but that's kind of why you want it for is, and the kind of the big thing is, is that yes, stuff is being marketed to gamers, but it's really effective and does the job for a lot of other things. You know, that's what we want. We want something that's going to compute and calculate as quickly as possible. Um, and so like, look at like the, it just looking, if you go to Amazon, type in, you know, G RTX 10, uh, 1070, your gigabyte GeForce 1070 is $689. You can also go to Newegg and look at it because, um, you know, looking at the prices there, it's going to be relatively the same, it, which is insanely high for what is essentially uh, an okay, you know, long, older generation graphics card. So what's the difference between a $300 card and a $620 card? Well, it's kind of up in the air. 
like it's going to be cooling difference. It's going to be a fan difference. It's going to be a setup difference. It's going to be, is it overclockable or not? Like those are the things you have to worry about. You don't want your rig to thermal throttle. Uh, you, you want air to be going through. So it's working effectively as effectively as possible. And the same goes for your CPU. You want to have a good CPU cooler. Like you can't just put together a mining rig and expect an Intel stock cooler to do as good of a job as an AMD stock cooler. That's kind of the things you're going to have to worry about when you're building this. And like, obviously there's a lot of forums out there. Um, I recommend, I think, you know, most of the Reddit, the cryptocurrency forums are really, really good. And they're really, that's, really helpful. That's what I was going to ask um, is, is uh, as far as anyone who's absorbed, you know, the information that you shared with us today and they want to take action or just look into it more, would you recommend Reddit forums? I would. Um, honestly, hashrates.com is really nice because it's going to give you hash rates for CPUs, GPUs, coin, uh, monthly revenues, and then algorithms. You can also, you know, you can mine all of these different cryptos on the same GPU. Like, you don't have to worry about buying different GPUs for different cryptocurrencies. You're just, it's sometimes you're going to want to match the algorithm to what the coin you're trying to, to mine is. That's going to be your most important thing because that's going to be the most efficient. But you can use different algorithms. You know, a GPU is capable of doing many different things. Just be cautious about approaching something and immediately wanting to spend like $3,000 on it just because like that's, you know, what, that's what someone on the internet said. Like do your research, shop around, look at what you want to build. Realize that right now stuff might be more expensive than it has been. Um, I think a really interesting tool to go to is on Newegg, um, which is a tech, you know, website, you can go and start looking at the prices of graphics cards and other things. And you can see how those products have changed price wise over the years. Also don't buy new. You can get away with buying an old graphics card as well as it's been relatively lightly used. It's not like dead upon arrival, but you don't have to buy stuff new. And it's much easier to build stuff off the secondary market than going ahead and buying something new. If you're buying it used, you're going to get a much better deal. Because just look at like, if, we, if we're buying something used, you can probably buy it for like 20% off face value. But like, here's the thing, that only depends on the card. Like some stuff is actually like about the same price, new and used. And that's just because of how sought after graphics cards are. Um, like, again, we're going to go back to that, that GTX 1070 that I was talking about earlier, which is kind of like your main go-to mining graphics card because of how relatively cheap it is in comparison to most other graphics cards and the, the calculation speeds that you're going to get out of it. A new card, you're going to be able to get, you know, from $499. If you need it used, you can probably get it for like $449. So it's $50 saved, but that's $50 you can put somewhere else. Yeah. I th and I think the perfect, there's a couple of things you pointed out there, but a great example would be just a simple business practice is if you are interested in, in uh, building your own rig, test small. And, you know, take some of the information that Sal shared with us today and get out there. And if it looks like it, you know, it's something that you think you can scale, then that's where I would say this to me comes across as something that's extremely scalable once you have had some success at a small level. So um, Sal, last question for you before we, we wrap it up here. I got some, fun, some quick fun questions for you too. Uh, but, right. you know, what, what's, your, what's your, uh, your hourly consulting rate on crypto mining rigs? <laughs> Uh, well, it's right now currently zero dollars. Uh, if anyone <laughs> wants to decide to pay me to do it, I'll happily take some money. But um, I just no, just build a computer before you build a mining rig. Understand how a computer works, how a GPU works, how a CPU works. Understand the mechanics of why they work together, and what you can process with them. 
before you build a mining rig. Because if you just go in and build a mining rig and you have no idea how any of that tech supports each other, you're not going to have any idea how to run it. You're not going to have any idea how to boot it. You're not going to have any idea how to make sure that it's doing all the stuff that you want it to do. And understand the space that you're playing in. Like, that's the biggest thing. And I mean, you understand that. I'm like, you bring in people every week who understand the space they want to play in. There you go. Well said. Um, all right. So three rapid fire questions for you uh, here, Sal. And now that I'm looking at the, the questions that I have for you, I'm, I'm sure you, if you wanted, you could give a pretty, <laughs> a pretty long detailed answer for each one. So I'll try to keep them short. I'll try to keep them short. You're going to like them. Uh, first one is, uh, what was your favorite thing about running cross country and track in, in college? Second question is, what do you love most about your brother, Massimo? And third question <laughs> is, what's the first place you want to travel to after the COVID stuff clears up? In terms of collegiate running, uh, it's an interesting place. It gives you a team. It gives you a bunch of guys that you can goof around with every day for anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. It gives you kind of a group that you can have to fall back on. Usually it gives you pretty good, solid relationships. Um, and they're, you know, they're quality people that you get to meet. You get to meet some really cool people from all around the world. In terms of understanding the best part about Massimo, that's a, you would probably need a psychotherapist to um, <laughs> sit me down for several hours on a couch in order to kind of pull an answer out of me. But I'm, I laugh at, like that's joking when I say that because it's been really awesome to have someone to growing up. We've never, you know, we're not always on the best of terms about things. And, you know, it's brothers who are very independent and strong willed tend to, we tend to clash about a lot of things when we do get on the same track such as trying to subvert our parents by, you know, sneaking games when we were like 12, like to try and figure out if we could play Xbox in the middle of the night or PS3 in the middle of the night. Like that's when, you know, the true collaboration happened. It's always been reassuring to have someone around who I know at the end of the day will have my back about stuff, even if yep. it takes them a little bit to come around and it takes me a little bit to come around. It's been fun having like uh, kind of a built-in best friend who, even though we don't agree on stuff all the time uh, or most of the time, we still get stuff done and we still can sit down at the, you know, two to three weeks later after not talking and play around Warzone and have a lot of fun. There you go. And then COVID. Oh, traveling. I owe, well, I, I know that I want to do, me and my friends who we're all spread out around the country now, uh, want to try and do a trip to Austin, Texas with all of our girlfriends and stuff for New Year's. That'd be really fun. Yeah. And then I definitely oh one of my buddies from college um i told him that i'd come visit him by the end of two years having us graduated uh in new zealand and you know and visit our friends in australia um, my buddies there so i need to make it out there and i really do want to go to new zealand and see the little lord of the rings mount doom and uh hobbiton so the shire so i kind of want to do that i really do want to do japan so i think it'd be really cool to do like a little pacific tour post COVID or, you know, next year, or the year after. Cause I, I did promise my buddy Marcus that I would make it to him. So <laughs> I got to go visit and, you know, see what, what uh, all of New Zealand is like in the South Island and North Island. Cause I have buddies in both places and I'd really, really do want to go. All right. Nice. Last, last one. This is a little bit more of a statement and I forgot to mention to, this to you before the interview, but can you give a shout out to somebody that you've never given a public shout out to before? You know, I, I would like to say my dad, but I continually give him shout outs. Um, <laughs> I honestly, and I, I would say my mom again, because like they, like I wouldn't be in a position I am if it weren't for them. But um, 
Oh man. I do. Oh, so uh, I will say, yeah, I will go with my parents again, just because they're amazing, wonderful people. And all the decisions that they made in order trying to get me to places, you know, and I was stupid and decided that they were, they were dumb and thought they weren't good ideas. Now looking back on it, I'm like, okay, wait, maybe that was kind of the right thing. And even though I don't agree with them on everything, I'm really glad they pushed me to do a lot of the things they did. But I do want to give a shout out to two of my favorite professors at Providence College for pushing me to try and do more in terms of being involved both intellectually and intellectually and just involved on campus and like with people who, you know, I disagreed with. And that's Professor McFarlane and Dr. Keating. They're really combative guys when it comes to philosophy and theology because they're both, you know, philosophy and theology teachers or professors. So that was kind of like their mainstay of things that they wanted to uh, focus on. And they really love and enjoy um, a good argument, uh, a well thought out argument. And they don't, you know, they don't take any, any bad answers. And they kind of really pushed me to embrace kind of a lot of the styles that I've been thinking that, you know, uh, when I first met you, like I was just starting to um, take hold of. It, it reinforced the direction that my parents pushed me in. So I really do, like, I, I thank them for a lot of the things that, the opportunities that I got because of them in, uh, in college and that put me in a really good position post-college. So for them, and then also I do want to shout out Mosmo because at the end of the day, like, you know, we call each other a lot of stupid names and are sometimes like a little, a, a little cooler to each other than necessary. But if he wasn't there pushing me to do things and if he wasn't there telling me that I couldn't do things, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be as pushed to do them as I have been. There you go. I can, I can relate growing up with brothers as well. So that's good to hear. Great shout outs. Last question, I guess, is what is the single best way to get in touch with you? So my email uh, is subatorflight at gmail.com. It's just my name. Um, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Also, shout out to a really cool little tutorial that me and Adam did like last year about how to connect to people on LinkedIn because that was really fun. That's and right. If you want to learn about that, definitely reach out to Adam. I had a lot yep. of fun doing that with him. And, you know, it was something that really helped me. And I know a lot of people who have taken it and reached out and said, like, wow, like this is really good for us. Um, so I had a lot of fun doing that. It was really great. And then uh, my Instagram is at thetopflight.com. I haven't posted on there in over two years. So if you're following <laughs> me, just realize you might get sporadic content or none at all. But, you know, you can at least kind of see what I look like in that. So um, LinkedIn, um, which is just my name, my email, salvatorflight at gmail.com. And uh, my, again, my Instagram, which is at thetopflight. I love, would love to connect with anybody. Adam brings on some crazy, awesome people on this podcast, which I know I said at the beginning, but like <laughs> looking at the people you've brought on, Adam, it's been incredible to listen to a lot of those podcasts. So the fact that I'm somehow getting thrown in with them is, uh, <laughs> you know, is kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sal. It was great having you on as, uh, as a phrase that we've used now jokingly as a repeat offender on Dream Chasers. So <laughs> Well, Happy. that just makes it sound terrible. <laughs> Maybe we'll figure out a new one. Um, but yeah, yeah, great, great to have you on here the second time. Looking forward to uh, getting this one out there. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be talking to you oh, later, sir. Adam, Adam, just really quick. You know, one of these days we will do an Instagram live stream, just music discussion or something. We will That's do right. it. No, yeah, we, we've been, you're right. That's in the works. So everyone stay tuned for Sal and I to go live on uh, Instagram and talk music. Guys, thank you for tuning in to Dream Chasers, Interviews with the Future. We will catch you in the next episode.
Remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level.